0: like you've got nobody and you feel like you're alone and i mean in the past especially on Short island i reached points where i was just like screw this i started crying i started just throwing my toys and then and then you'd just be like oh oh well i've got to keep going there's nothing i can do about it and you just pull yourself together and then the end of the day comes and you're sitting there in the most beautiful place you've ever been and you just you're just having a, Bloody
1: good time. On the Internet Famous podcast, we hear the stories of people who have gained our attention online. I'm talking Instagrammers, musicians, YouTubers, fan fiction writers, politicians, and everyone in between. On this episode, I talk to Brando Yalovich, who at just 19 set off on a two-year expedition to become the first person to walk around New Zealand. Since then, he's released three books, toured schools, spent 30 days on Stewart Island, and to top it all off, in early May, he'll head to the Greenland Ice Cap to pull a sled 560 kilometres. Let's get into the podcast. Hey, you're sounding way better, man.
0: Well, that is good news.
1: Oh, and you're showing up as well. That is even better. <laughs> Sweet. We're on it. Just to start off with, um, yeah, could you just explain what you're doing again? I know you explained it to me, but sure. so everyone can hear. A team of four of us are heading
0: over to Greenland uh, on an expedition that's been set up by a, a trust that's called the Antarctic Heritage Trust. They're kind of committed to uh, preserving exploration and and inspiring others to to get out there and explore the world. Uh, So there's two of us from New Zealand, myself and a girl from Christchurch called Holly. And then over in Australia, there's uh, two Australians that are joining the expedition as well. That would be uh, Bridget and a a guy called Keith. Uh, So together we're heading over to Greenland uh, to honour... Rudolf Nansen's first polar crossing. So 130 years ago, this uh, explorer named Rudolf Nansen went off on a a journey to become the first person to to cross uh, Greenland's ice cap, which is uh, the second largest ice cap in the world. Uh, And he successfully completed that expedition with his team. So 130 years later, here we are. We're going to head out and uh, try and recreate that uh, in the best way that we can.
1: Jeez, and it's, is it over 500 kilometres, am I right, with a 60 kg sled on your back?
0: That is exactly right. There's a lot of weight that we're going to be carrying along. Most of that stuff is uh, what we need to survive. So sleeping bags, tents, uh, cooking equipment. Pretty much the, the three most important things on the ice would be uh, having a dry sleeping bag having a way to get warm and having fuel because if you don't have fuel you can't melt the ice and without melting ice you have no water. Uh, (laughs) So, it's uh, obviously the tent because you need need some shelter.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be quite helpful up there. Um, What what sort of training are you doing?
0: Uh, So, uh, I've been dragging tyres at this stage uh, three times a week for two hours. Uh, So, I, I drag... Uh, It's kind of, it it simulates dragging sleds across ice. I drag two tyres either on the the beach or uh, along the road. If I'm doing it on the road, I make a conscious effort to pick up rubbish as I'm going. So that means my uh, uh, tyre gets heavier as I go. And on the beach, it's just horrible. It's hard work.
1: (laughs) I can totally imagine. Why do you do stuff like this?
0: Uh, I have a curiosity for exploration, and I guess that, that's it, eh? It's the curiosity that I have that keeps me wanting to find out more and wanting to learn new knowledge and new skills. Uh, for me, this expedition is going to be uh, a way to learn about polar exploration, which hopefully will be the beginning of, of uh, lots more uh, adventures in the icy regions to come.
1: Yeah, a beginning of a love affair, right?
0: Exactly. I, I'm sure if you interview me when I get back, it'll be a different story. But right now, it, it, it's the beginning of a love affair.
1: Oh, sweet. And um, wh- what do you describe yourself as? Are you an explorer, an adventurer? How do you kind of describe yourself?
0: Yeah, I would say that I'm an explorer. I, um, I, do, I do what I do pretty much full time now. And, and what I do is explore new places and uh, inspire others to, to get out and do the same thing.
1: Cool. So, yeah, you, you kind of mentioned about being in exploring stuff. So, what did you do today? Like, what, what does your today look like?
0: Uh, so, at, at the moment, I'm uh, not doing what I would normally be doing on my daily basis. Uh, today, I've been doing uh, a project that I started a wee while ago, uh, which I'm calling the Curious Explorers Movement. It's about getting into schools and inspiring kids. To, to get out and, uh, and realise their full potential and realise that they are achievable of absolutely anything they want to do. So today I have pretty much talked non-stop every half an hour on the dot uh, reading my new children's book which is uh, for kids uh, called Wild Boy, the boy who walked around New Zealand.
1: Um, I Do you ever feel like a bit of a celebrity here? Like you're going around book tours and all that sort of stuff? Does it get feel like that? Uh, yes and no. I
0: mean, sometimes it's a bit overwhelming, especially if I if I go into a school and the kids already know that I'm coming and they know who I am and they're all like, ah, smile boy! <laughs> but, um, I mean, New Zealand's a pretty small place and uh, I try I try my best to, to get myself out there because uh, with, with what I want to do. I want to inspire people. And... And to inspire people, people need to know who you are, otherwise they won't listen. So I, I do my best to get myself out there. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm a celebrity as such, but I, I definitely, uh, definitely
1: have a voice. And yeah, yeah, your voice, I'm kind of looking to expand on that because uh, the name of the podcast that I've kind of made is, um, it's about being kind of almost internet famous, not quite but you've managed to develop a bit of a social media following, right?
0: Yeah, that was a totally natural kind of organic thing that, is, uh, that has happened from me just living, living my normal life. Um, but it, it's, it's been an interesting process by learning how to integrate social media into my life uh, because it's, very, it's a very foreign thing from what my uh, core values are.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. You're out there in the wild, no Wi-Fi signal and stuff. But um, has it kind of helped your brand expand? Oh, totally. I think in,
0: in terms of uh, today's, uh, the, the way today's society kind of works, um, I, by that I mean the society that I'm in, um, without social media, I couldn't have such uh, a powerful reach to so many different and diverse people. Uh, so it's definitely helped me expand. It's also helped me reach new people. Uh, back, back in the old days, <laughs> if I was an explorer back then, there was really only word of mouth and the papers, whereas now you've got everything from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. Like, it's, it's just an endless stream of, of ways of finding out information, and it's great. It's great to be able to put yourself out there, uh, but it's definitely very easy to get consumed and let it take over your life, which is which is the, the side of uh, social media that I don't really like. And being in the position that I'm in currently, um, I, I have to be putting myself out there a lot more often than I would like in order to keep on inspiring people, which is my end goal, really, uh, inspire curiosity and in, in humanity.
1: Yeah, that that's such a cool goal, and I feel like um you being on social media might kind of help balance the platforms a bit. You know, you're kind of inspiring people to get off social media.
0: Yeah, I know. That's the hard thing because that is exactly what I'm trying to do. And I think the way that I've done that is by inspiring people to get out but kind of take their social media with them in a sense so that they can then come back later and share it with others, which will then on turn be like dominoes and the next person will will go out there and do the same thing and it's it's just it's going to be or i'm hoping it's going to be this never-ending effect of people going out and exploring
1: yeah that that's so cool man um what do you what do you think your biggest challenge has been so far like in your missions or like dealing with social media anything like that what's been your biggest challenge
0: i think my biggest challenge has definitely been balancing my, uh, my like I guess my wild boy life or my explorer life from my personal life. Um, they're they kind of they're kind of the same thing, but at the same time they're they're very different. Uh, like I think finding balance has always been a, a challenge for me. But in terms of just finding enough time to, to do what makes me happy, and then to also do what I want to do to make others happy. Sometimes it can, of course, be at my expense of time or at my expense um, of money, but that balance has been a difficult a difficult road, and I'm still still going down it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, so then what's the sort of things you do for you, you know, just to chill out at the end of the day or whatever?
0: That's a really good question. I... <laughs> I really haven't figured it out. I pretty much go, 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 go. And if I stop or if I go and watch movies or something like that, I get real lethargic and I don't want to do anything. So what I do for me is, is helping others, really. Um, but if I can do it in a way that I enjoy, so by me going out and climbing a mountain and sharing it with others, that's that's, that's for me. I, I get enjoyment out of seeing others uh, being inspired. Uh, so, it's it, I mean it's easy to do something when you love doing it.
1: For sure, and and I mean, like probably even listening to this podcast, there's people who they want to be kind of like you, kind of be in the same space as you. What what advice would you have for people like that wanting to get where you are almost?
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's a difficult road to take. Uh, one that ends up either costing a lot of money or costing you a lot of time, but if you if you can get out there and find your end goal, so what you want to do in your big picture, I'm all about setting goals, that thing that we learned when we were in primary school, writing down your, your little goals and your big goals, I think it's so important to, to be able to uh, figure out in your head and then put it down on paper, for starters, what you want to achieve and then all the little things that you're going to do in order to achieve it. Uh, that way you have almost like a checklist that you can work off uh, that will help you at the end of the day succeed in your goal of uh, being being whoever you want to be. And the other thing that I've kind of discovered uh, quite recently is giving things purpose. Now if you give anything purpose, even if it's something you don't normally like, uh, then it, it becomes enjoyable and it becomes fulfilling. And at the end of the day, fulfillment equals happiness, and that's what life's all about.
1: Yeah, man. And, um, what, what's your big goal at the moment?
0: Well, my big goal is, uh, constantly changing, constantly growing. At the moment, I'm kind of on this, this book tour to, to get my name out there with the younger kids and, and inspire them, uh, to, to think curiously and, and realise that they too can be explorers, whether they're exploring the wilderness or they're exploring the inside of a science lab. Or uh, really, exploration can be done in many, many places, as can adventure. Uh, adventures, adventures, just pretty much a situation or an event or a journey that you take where the outcome is uh, is uncertain.
1: Man, I love it. That's so good. Life is an adventure, right?
0: It is indeed.
1: And who who inspires you when you're young growing up? What explorers or anyone in general? Who inspired you?
0: Well, the the name that always keeps popping back into my head whenever whenever that question comes up is definitely uh Sir Edmund Hillary. He he always pops into my head, but at the same time, before I I was kind of into adventure and stuff like that. I I didn't really have any direction or any real role models as such. I wanted to join the army, so so I guess uh, the the ideas of a soldier that that was what kind of uh, inspired me as such.
1: That whole story. And, uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's just been it's been quite a quite an awesome opportunity. But now that uh, I'm here in this lifestyle uh i've got some pretty pretty awesome role models out there that i uh, either follow on instagram or people in real life who are just getting out there and and doing it i think right now probably my biggest uh inspiration for exploration is uh an explorer named mike uh, mike horn who's who's absolutely amazing and probably not only to myself but uh a lot of other people out there, uh, he would be probably the greatest modern day adventurer of our
1: time. Yeah, Mike is the man. Um, yeah, for those who don't know, kind of tell us a bit about him.
0: So he's um, he's in his, I believe he's in his early 50s, maybe late 40s, and he's just been exploring since he was about my age. He's uh, done some amazing things. He swum, slash Paddled on a boogie board the length of the Amazon River. There's
1: like piranhas and stuff in there, which is pretty
0: insane. Piranhas,
1: uh, pirates, <laughs> all that sort of stuff, like.
0: <laughs> it was crazy. He's, he's just he's an amazing guy and he's just uh, done a, a crossing of Antarctica um, by kite and ski, which is just unreal. A solo crossing of such, such, well, the, the biggest desert in the world. It, that's so inspiring
1: yeah it is it's insane
0: but it definitely it definitely takes a special kind of human to to go out and do those things.
1: Do you think you could see yourself in that sort of space? I know like you don't want to compare yourself to your heroes and stuff, but yeah is that what you could see yourself doing until you're like fifty or sixty or whatever? Oh,
0: adventures my life i'm I'm never gonna stop exploring um, and and that's why. That's why I have these role models who are out there. These, uh, I guess you'd call them my heroes. Um, I don't want to be them, but, but I want to, I want to have the same kind of, uh, well, I have the same ethos as them and the same, the same motivation as them. I want to get out there and explore. So at the end of the day, um, to answer your question bluntly, yes, I, I want to be, I want to be like my heroes. I want to be like uh, the people that inspire me.
1: Yeah, you always need something to aim for, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um. So out of the missions you've done so far, so you've done around New Zealand, Stewart Island, uh, are there any others that I've kind of... Oh, the Four Peaks, right?
0: Yeah, Four Peaks was a cool little mission. It only took a couple of days, but for me that was about giving uh, a young boy that, that I met a few years ago an opportunity to... Uh, to go and do something really cool. Uh, I, I think when we first met, he looked up at me as, as his inspiration, as his kind of hero. So uh, to be able to help him and mentor him uh, into the young man that he is today was a pretty special feeling. So that Four Peaks mission was about kind of giving him foundations and uh, helping him to achieve something that is bigger than himself and uh, he'll always remember as, as that that big event that he did in his life that he can look back to to ground himself.
1: Yeah, that's so true, man. Like, or it's almost like, um, you're growing new heroes and maybe, maybe one day he'll help someone out in the same way. It's awesome. That, that's,
0: that's exactly what I, that's exactly what I want to do is inspire other people to inspire other people and inspire other
1: people to inspire other people. Awesome. Such a good cycle. Um, And then Stuart Island, could we um, kind of hear a little bit about that, what that was like for you? That was
0: absolutely horrible. It was so hard. It was probably, in terms of everything I've ever done in my life, one of the the loneliest, hardest, most painful things I've ever pushed myself through. And uh, looking back on it, I'd love to go back down there But there is no way I'd go down there on my own. And I would do things a lot differently. Like, for example, I would carry way more food than I did. Um, I'm actually uh, reading my Stuart Island book uh, at the moment to to the Foundation for the Blind so that uh, those that can't see or have limited vision can listen to the story. And since I've been reading it, it's kind of really started taking me back to, to the hard times it was a, a progressive journey where I started off being kind of unsure and kind of nervous about what I was getting into, um, and as, as I kind of progressed through the journey, I had to make quite a big decision to uh, change the initial plan, the goal. The goal when I went down there was to walk around Stewart Island, but uh, when I got about halfway around and I suddenly realized that this was... Not an impossible task, but I wasn't enjoying myself while while tackling it. Uh, I had to make the decision to change my plan that I'd told everyone to suit myself and to make myself happy, which is what I really try and and tell other people. Do what makes makes you happy or or change what you're doing. And uh, so I did do that. And for the first kind of two or three days out there on my own, I, I had this really hard mental game that I was playing with myself about feeling like I'd failed and then the next moment I'd feel like no I'm doing the right thing and then the next moment I'd feel absolutely terrible like I'd failed my, uh, my audience and the people that are inspired by what I'm doing and at the end of the day when I came back from that big adventure, uh, looking back on it now I think I'm so glad that I changed my changed my path to suit myself. Otherwise, I'd look back on that adventure and just think it was horrible, and it was hard, but because I changed the plan, i I started doing the things that I wanted to do, but not only that, because I had control over what I was doing i uh I was enjoying doing even the hard stuff.
1: yeah i I read both your books too, man, and that that Stewart Island one it just sounded it seemed like you were spending so much time just deliberating like. Should I change my mission? Like you don't wanna let it run down, but I guess in the end, like you gotta you gotta be true to yourself, right? You gotta do what yeah, do your thing, sort of. Exactly, that's what's
0: important. You just gotta be yourself. Doesn't
1: matter what anyone else says, what anyone else thinks, there's no
0: one newer than you. Doctor Zeus, right? <laughs> exactly, that's the one. <laughs>
1: Awesome. My teacher loved that quote so much. <laughs> I was hoping you
0: caught on to it.
1: Yeah, sweet. Um I are there any books like including yours probably that you recommend the listeners read? Um there's uh, there's a couple
0: of books. One is, is more more like a um a book that I would recommend taking with you if you're going out and kind uh, of trying to live off the land. And uh, it's, it's a book by a, a guy called Andrew Crow. It's called New Zealand Native Edible Plants.
1: I love that book.
0: <laughs> Such a good book. It was like my field guide to what I could eat and what I couldn't eat when I was on my journey around New Zealand. Um, and another book uh, is called Alone on the Ice. That one, uh, it's quite hard to follow. It, it kind of jumps between dates and stuff, but if you can really get your head into it, it um, it's it's about a Shackleton and one of his crossings that he attempted of in Antarctica. Super, super inspiring, inspirational, but sad and um, eye-opening story to, to polar exploration in its early days. Um, and then definitely, of course, my books. Uh, they're all called Wild Boy. <laughs> they, um, they've been written because I want to inspire people. So if you read them, hopefully you'll be inspired.
1: Awesome. And, yeah, just... That's, that's another thing completely different you're doing from the adventuring. How was it, like, writing your books, putting all those kind of thoughts and memories and bringing all that stuff up to write the book? How was that process for you?
0: Well, as, as I go on any of my adventures, I do a couple of things. I write a diary, and I've got this terrible habit of, of writing letters as small as I physically possibly can. So when you come to read them, they're all so close together and so tiny that you have to use a magnifying glass to read them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's just what I do. It's just something weird that I do. Um, consumes paper, of, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I get back and I take this big book with me and I get back and it's not even half full because I've filled up the page with tiny little letters. Um, <laughs> but in, in terms of... Uh, Some of the other things that I do while I'm on my expeditions to uh, record information, I uh, do a daily video diary in the morning and the evening of every single day when I'm away on trips. And if it's not a video diary, it's just an audio diary. And uh, that means when I get back, I don't have to remember. And in fact, when I get back, because I've got dyslexia and writing is not my strong point, I can get back and I can get all of that information that I've compiled and all of those photos and all of the video footage that I've shot and I can sit down with a ghostwriter and they can actually write my book. Uh, I can sit alongside them while they're writing or they can send stuff for me to proofread. And it, it just means that for someone who can't write or struggles to write, uh, it's possible. It's possible to write a book. And uh, that's, that's the way I kind of get it all out there is by recording it all and then giving it to someone else.
1: Yeah, that that's a great way to do it though as well. And, and just you being there, kind of make sure it's your story. But I mean, those those books are awesome, man. Thank you, man. I think like
0: writing's not my passion, so I should record the information and give the information to someone who's writing, whose passion is writing. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's their their thing to write, and it's your totally. thing to have the adventures and inspire people. Exactly. Oh, sweet! um yeah, I think i'm getting getting through all my questions pretty much um oh when when you're in like in in a bad place in an adventure, so um I don't know it's wet outside, you're super cold, all that sort of thing what are what are some techniques you use to i don't know increase your morale almost to keep you going?
0: really hard one because it is really easy to get in, in a bad headspace when uh, when you're on a big adventure. Um, I'm really looking forward to this Greenland one because obviously it's going to be the first proper big trip that I've been on where I'm uh, with other people. Everything else has been uh, a solo journey, which which those situations are really hard to face on your own. You, For one, you, you feel like you've got nobody and you feel like you're alone and I mean, in the past, especially on Stewart Island, I reached points where I was just like, screw this. I started crying. I started just throwing my toys. And then, and then you'd just be like, oh, oh well, I've got to keep going. There's nothing I can do about it. And you just pull yourself together. And then the end of the day comes, and you're sitting there in the most beautiful place you've ever been. And you just, you're just having a bloody good time watching the sunset something that I, I've uh, recently started doing uh, on just on the Stewart Island expedition that I went on and uh, when I went to Nepal I did it as well when, when I'm feeling really uh, kind of disconnected from the situation you close your eyes and uh, you just pause and you just listen and you just take in all the sounds and all the noises until you start to forget any of the feelings that you're feeling sometimes it takes a minute sometimes it takes ten it's it's kind of like meditating but easy because all you've got to do is sit there with your eyes closed and listen and then you open your eyes as soon as you, everything's gone except for the sounds you open your eyes and you're looking at you're looking at the situation you're in and it really grounds you and it brings you back to the fact that that you're here and you're doing something that you want to do and if you're not doing something you want to do you're still in a bloody beautiful
1: place <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So you're seeing the situation for what it really is, rather than all all these bad thoughts, kind of like a Snapchat filter over top. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that, that's. Uh, yeah, that's a great. I'm going to try that next time I'm throwing a tantrum in the studio because the <laughs> recorder doesn't work.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think, like, when you uh, strip everything back. Your your thoughts and the things that you come up with in your head, they are not you. They are what you've manifested inside. Uh, if you can bring yourself back to, to you, that's when uh, you realize that uh, everything's okay and, and nothing's actually wrong. Like, unless, of course, something is wrong, and then <laughs> and you're on your own. <laughs> but um, if, if nothing is is wrong very clear, very fast that that the, it's just the situation that you're in, um, and you can completely control how you feel uh, once you learn how to do it.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's really something we could apply to more than just an adventure. Like Not you get really. so caught up in life, like um, I don't know, just my next assignment's due, and it's all you can think about, or um, or just like, I don't know, something stupid, like, oh, you just feel pressured because of your credit card payments or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, nothing's really wrong, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know exactly how you feel, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then there's guys like you just out there, and things are wrong sometimes. You have hypothermia or whatever.
0: <laughs> I think that's another good one. Is just think that there's somebody right now that's got it a lot worse than you.
1: So true, man. So true. Hey, um, that's all. I've uh, pretty pretty much gone through everything I had written down. You've been an awesome awesome person to interview. Um, yeah. Just any parting advice for people? and do what makes you happy. And that is Brando, Wild Boy. If you want more information about his adventures or his books or just his life in general, the best place to find him is on wildboyadventures.com. Make sure you join us next Wednesday when we hear from Vinny Eastwood, a.k.a. Mr. News who has more subscribers than any mainstream news channel in New Zealand, and he's accumulated more than 7 million views since 2009. Vinny is the man, and you can hear him next Wednesday, crew. Uh, Other than that, please leave a review. Please, please, please. It really helps the podcast. I don't want to beg, but uh, it just makes us feel awesome. makes Brando maybe feel awesome. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) Have a great week. Maybe go on a little bit of an adventure yourself. Maybe Brando's inspired you a little bit. I'm Eli Hill, and you've been listening to the Internet Famous Podcast. How was that? Not bad?